Kevin Kramer, Senator from North Dakota. Thank you for joining The Crude Life here. Senator Kramer, Kevin Kramer, wanted to ask you about Kassam Solomoni, how that has a geopolitical as well as energy impact across the industry. Uh, Senator, thank you for joining us today. No, it's my pleasure, and, I, and you pose a really important question, and I think it's a is a great question, frankly, because it, it allows uh, those of us from North Dakota who've been supportive of and observant of and heavily involved in the, the, uh, the shale, uh, shale evolution and uh, watching how places like North Dakota have been able to become the global price, uh, set to, uh, price stability, if you will provide that global price stability for a commodity that at one time you know, 10 years ago, even five years ago, and uh, the killing of a, an Iranian general would have sent not just a ripple, but it would have been uh, it's a huge impact on the price of oil. Instead, we saw about a 3% increase that lasted for about a day. And of course, remembering that oil was already on a slow upward trajectory, and I believe still is, uh, based on some supply constraints. But I think to the larger point, What's happening in the United States of America, us becoming an oil and gas powerhouse, the number one uh, producer of, of oil in the world, has helped stabilize the negative impacts of, of things like what happened last Friday with uh, the taking uh, General Soleimani down, or even, if, as you might recall, late last year when Iran attacked uh, Saudi Arabian um, oil assets or British oil tankers in the Straits of Hormuz, all of those would have had major negative impacts. Unless, of course, you're an oil man, it's a positive impact when the price, with a price spike. Instead, you saw these little blips and then a return to normal very quickly. And uh, I think that's, that's as a result of the incredible ingenuity, innovation, and, and investment of uh, you know, the frackers in America. You mentioned oil assets. I wanted to ask specifically about uh, the safety and, and the target and the just the flow of oil. I, I, you know, I've been joking, you know, over a, a cocktail late at night with somebody about how, you know, it seems like the, the value of the dollar is really behind the military might, behind the energy supply on the, on the planet, you know, that that can move the energy supply. And there's a little bit of truth behind it and a little bit of, uh, you know, late night talk behind it too. But what it does is it really shines a light on how important the infrastructure is for the global economy that we live in. Uh, talk to me a little bit about th- that angle of this whole thing. Yeah, you know, it's really an important granular point. And and that is that even if you have, let, let's, let's, in fact, let's just build it up. If you look at the fact that God put a whole bunch of oil under the ground in the United States of America, just having it there doesn't make you energy dominant. The technology that allows you to recover it certainly helps. But it's the ability to move that oil to market that really has the impact on the global economy. And, and especially if you're an oil-producing state in the middle of the North American continent, nowhere near a port like North Dakota is. That means the, the infrastructure to move that oil, whether it's rail or pipeline, is, is critical. And then, of course, the infrastructure at, at the water's edge, that is the ports that are able to take it from there to markets around the world. That is critical to this price stability um, that I was talking about earlier with regard to, to U.S. oil. And so um, 
you, you know, without the ability to get the product uh, apart from the production and to the market, you really don't have much of a product at all. Talk to me a little bit about Harold Hamm. Uh, we're obviously mentioning oil prices, and he just got in the news recently predicting a 19% price jump, I think is what I saw. or so, Yeah, 19% jump in the next six months. Uh, Two-part question, I guess, because first, you know, I know you've got a personal relationship with Harold Hamm, so I'd like to allow you the opportunity to talk a little bit about that and, and your thoughts on what he has brought to the Bakken specifically and then also oil and gas, but then also his prediction about 19% jump in oil prices. Sure. Well, a couple of things. First of all, uh, Harold Hamm is known as, as, of course, the godfather of the Bakken, not because he, he discovered oil or because he was the first one to find it in North Dakota. He didn't drill the first well, but he did crack the code, that code being the code that allows a horizontal drilling and fracking to work together, and that's what unlocked the shale in, in North Dakota and, and throughout, of course, the country. But he, he was very focused on specific North Dakota. He bet a lot on North Dakota, as you as you know. I think he had near a million uh, mineral acres before, before he... Uh, before he cracked that code and, and was able to, to get that oil out of the ground. And, of course, everybody else uh, you know, followed up, and there were a lot of other companies, a lot of important companies, legacy companies, large companies, as well as local smaller companies who've been able to benefit from, from that, um, that innovation. But uh, it, it would be hard to overstate Harold's impact on, on the Bakken. But beyond that, he's been a great corporate citizen. Harold has taken a real interest in North Dakota, as as a uh, you know not as a boyhood home, but really as a second home, and he's treated our state with with great integrity, and he has been generous as a corporate citizen in North Dakota, and uh, of course has, has helped bring a lot of uh, notoriety to the Bakken, uh, and and that's not again to diminish the role of several other CEOs and other companies, but nobody's really. Nobody's really carried the flag like Harold has. Um, his his recent his recent announcement to step down as the CEO um, really doesn't change much for Continental Resources. Harold Ham still is Continental Resources. He uh, remains, of course, as chairman of the board. He's got a very good team. Uh, William Berry, being you know a former ConocoPhillips executive, that's that's on his board. Um, he will serve as CEO. Jack Stark continues as president and now Chief Operating Officer. He, he's just got great leadership at Continental, so I would expect uh, not a whole lot will change there, including Harold's role, certainly his, his um, title, but, but his role is, is still the same. I mean, he owns 77% of the, of the company. Uh, with regard to his prediction that, that oil prices will increase um, 19%, I think he's onto something. I think you've already seen a little bit of that happen. We noticed that oil went from sort of low 50s into you know the now where the, where it is now in the low 60s in that in, in that range inching up um, rather deliberatively over the last couple of months almost unnoticed by a lot of people um, and and yet we've also seen the price of gasoline for example at the pump maintain a, a pretty stable level if not come down a bit I mean you know it's around two dollars in many parts of the country it's you know in the, 230 to 250 range, I think, throughout North Dakota. Um, and, and that's, of course, because oil has, there's such a high supply and, uh, and a high supply of, of the, uh, of the uh, refined product. But there is a supply, sort of, 
constraint happening slowly as we head throughout, you know, now into the winter and into the, uh, to the spring. Harold would have a good sense of that, a better sense than most people, and I have no reason to, to doubt him. I think Harold also makes a, an important point as a producer, and I like to put, a lot of times, Jason, I like to put the commodity of oil in the, in the, in the context, or at least in the historical context, of our, the other commodities that North Dakotans are very familiar with, and that's grains and, and corn, things like that. Um, because we have to have a price for oil in our country, particularly in North Dakota, where, as you know, it's a little more expensive to get it out of the ground than it is other places. We need to have a price that can sustain the industry in our country. Because if we don't, things like what happened, you know, things that go on in the Middle East, remembering that OPEC used to set the global price of oil. Now the United States largely sets the global price of oil. At least we have a much greater contribution to it. And, and when we do that, of course, you have you have the, the, the natural free market responses of, of coming from the United States of America. Anytime there's a glut or there's a constraint on supply or, there's a, or if there's a growing demand, we meet it, and we meet it very quickly. That means you're going to have a different pricing scenario than when OPEC is you know, turning the spigots up or down um, based on what they want the price of oil to be, and they, and they manipulate that supply. Free marketers don't manipulate supply. They just create supply wherever they're wherever there's a demand. So we always need to be careful to make sure that we have a price for oil that both stabilizes a, a reasonable, favorable to the consumer. And when I say consumer, I mean everybody from the, you know, putting the gas in your car to the trucker to the, to, you know, to the, uh, to the other energy companies that use a lot of oil in their products. Um, we need something that's good for the consumer, but also that's a high enough price it sustains this incredible economic uh, boom that, that oil has created. Senator Kramer, thank you for coming on today. We're going to have to have you back, talk a little bit about, uh, you talked about free market. I'd, I'd love to talk a little bit about solar, wind, and natural gas. It'd be nice to see an even playing field for those those uh, different amen. energies. Amen and amen. You're probably going to see a little news here in the next 24 to 48 hours about things I've had to say about the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission and um, and uh, as it relates to, to the, exactly that topic that you raised. So I'd look forward to that opportunity. Thank you. Thank you, Senator. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you, Jason. Always a pleasure.